Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I'm Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my true, illustrious, handsome, debonair co-host, Dave Glantz and Mike Mirandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the 1995 film Apollo 13, directed by Ron Howard and starring Tom Hanks, Ed Harris... Who else is in this movie? Kevin Bacon. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Gary Sinise. G. Sinise. Kathleen Quinlan. And uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of this show, (laughs) uh, if this is your first time listening to us, um, you can reach us on the web at facebook.com slash reviewpodcast at reviewpodcast.com. And you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. So let's take a listen to uh, the trailer of Apollo 13. Apollo 13 flight controllers. Give me a go, no go for launch. You know that Easter vacation trip we had planned for Acapulco? Uh-uh. Procedures? Go. Control. Go flight. There might be a slight change in destination. Really? Maybe say the moon. <gasps> Booster. Go. Retro. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. And I take the controls and I steer it around. FAO. We're go flight. For a nice, soft. Landing on the moon. Better than Neil Armstrong. Does it bother you that the public regards this flight as routine? There's nothing routine about flying to the moon. I can vouch for that. Launch control, this is Houston. We are go for launch. The clock is running. Houston, we have cleared the tower at 1313. Okay, guys. We're going to the moon. This is the crew of the Apollo 13, wishing everyone back on Earth uh, a pleasant evening. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. We got a wicked shimmy up here. So, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> See, Mike, you don't play along. That's the problem with you. It's sorry, all... sorry, I didn't, I didn't follow improv rule. <laughs> and yes, of those rockets just it's actually yes blasted and, your but eardrums. But you know, I, yes, it is yes and. You're it's right. yes and. Yeah. Yes, it was a great trailer, and I really liked listening to it. Apollo 13 was your choice, Mike. So I don't know why you're being so snarky about this entire thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Apollo 13 is a relevant movie for a variety of reasons. One, it's celebrating its 20 year anniversary this year. Like Clueless. Like Clueless mm. and millions of other movies that came out in 1995. <laughs> um, but also, we Halfway are... To 40. I feel like we're in a space renaissance right now in Hollywood. Uh, we had a movie like Interstellar come out last year. We had Gravity the year prior. We had... Um, we have The Martian coming, we have the Martian Martian, coming out yeah. in a month. So it seems we very... We have Pluto? No, we don't. The planet. Well, the planetoid. We just took pictures of Pluto. Oh, right. And there seems to be this interest collectively in our space program and so forth. So I thought it would be, uh, well, Mike thought it would be interesting to talk about. (laughs) I didn't think, but Mike thought it would be a good idea. To talk about Apollo 13. This is a movie that was pretty acclaimed when it came out. It was nominated for a few Oscars. I think it won a few technical awards. A lot of Oscars. This is also the time um, in our cinematic history when Tom Hanks was at his peak likability. We're talking about a Tom Hanks who had the year prior made Forrest Gump, and then he made this movie. He also, right around this time, made Philadelphia. He really was 
America's guy at this time. So uh-huh. everyone loved Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks could do no wrong. And uh, and you combine that with a very uh, crowd-pleasing director like Ron Howard, who comes from the school of Spielberg and that similar kind of style of filmmaking. And you put all these stars uh, to tell a great historical story, a story that's true, a great true-life story, and you kind of have the makings for a um, paint-by-numbers good feel-good movie. Oh, boy. Yeah. Paint-by-numbers. Wow. But let me, uh, before I let my true feelings for Apollo 13 show through, (laughs) Mike, when you chose this movie, were you familiar with it? And did you enjoy it this time around? (laughs) Yes, I was familiar. I saw it in theaters, uh, I guess, in 95 when it was out. God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like negative three years old. Mm. I was like a, it's like a tadpole. Um, uh, The reason why, so the reason why I chose it is I just finished reading The Martian at Ivan's recommendation. Mm -hmm. Good recommendation. Fantastic Mm book. Um, Not perfect book, but Good one. Wow. Um, God, this is good. just like a backhanded complimented <laughs> that episode. Be perfect. No, 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 no. It was no. I, I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed. It. I, 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 have my, I didn't want to go on record and be like it's it's the best book ever made because that could a whole discussion on its own. But it's enjoyable, and um, you know, it kind of got me thinking about like Apollo thirteen, how similar I thought they seemed to be, and I want to kind of revisit and see how how similar it was. And my God, uh, it is very clear that that. Um, uh, Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, must have loved Apollo 13. Oh, absolutely. It is. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. So very similar. I mean, very different in many ways, but also very similar just as far as like how many things go wrong and how they have to kind of solve things with just what they have and, and just dealing with space itself. Um, it, it's great. It's in, in the movie, I think the fact that it's a, a true story and especially going back and like looking up how much of it was true and how much of it was like how much of the details they fudged, it's relatively pretty accurate. Like there's not a lot of things that are inaccurate or misrepresented in the movie um so knowing that i think it makes it even even more compelling because i know they all survive i had seen the movie before but still man i was i was tense during the the entire thing so many scenes like um ron howard does a really good job at at least in this film of of getting to the emotional core of a person and emotional core of a movie and making you care about the characters here um and uh yeah i think just the 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 visuals i think it was so everything was shot in the, well not everything but all the anti scenes were in the vomit comet which I think was like when was that the, one of the first times that was I think was so done right I, I remember so. when that came out I remember hearing about that back in the day like how they had done that and how groundbreaking it was that they were actually you know that the, how many trips up and down they had to do to, to accomplish it I just I, I overall I feel like it's like a landmark film in the sense of like what it accomplished you know the new things it did um, and just telling a story that like really is incredible and I don't think I appreciated it enough like what they had to do and what, what NASA had to do to get these guys back home and, and well, hell what they had to do to get them out there in the first place I think this space exploration is just incredibly interesting and I think they did a really good job with representing it mm-hmm. so yeah. um, I'm guessing you saw this in theaters correct Dave? yeah and I think this is maybe a landmark occasion on this podcast. This is the first movie that I believe we all saw in theaters. Oh, is that whoa, correct? Wow. Possibly, okay. yeah. Because I distinctly remember watching this in you a movie theater. Did you see Harold and Maude in theaters? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it's kind of... Um, it's kind of amazing how much this theatrical experience stood out for me because we saw it opening weekend, which is a big deal for my family. We never went to see a movie opening wow. weekend. How come? Why was the... I don't know. It's just... Um, and my my dad crowds. took us all to do Good there. Old American story. <laughs> well, we went to see this one on opening weekend because, like, we have to see this movie. It's getting all this big acclaim, and this was a prestige picture. Um, and I remember the theater being incredibly crowded. I remember being very hot. <laughs> I also remember uh, finding. I also remember finding the movie a little slow. But any at the when I was like when I was ten. Hmm. So um, sure, sure. But Dave, sorry to to derail this. 
what did you think then? What did you think now? Uh, then I thought it was an excellent movie. Now I think it's a very good movie. Um, <laughs> well, hey, nothing wrong with a very good movie. I mean, and, and when you say it's a paint-by-numbers uh, prestige picture, I agree with you. It is. But it's a very good paint-by-numbers prestige picture. And uh, It's Michelangelo painting by numbers. Yes. No. No. <laughs> no. no, it's definitely not Michelangelo. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's Bob Ross painting by numbers. Mm, no, no. He doesn't even give the Bob no, but Ross. See, now I have this image of Bob Ross in zero G. So it's, <laughs> You're welcome. His, his hair welcome. looks the same no matter what. So Who is painting this by numbers? <laughs> give us an analogy. I don't know that Bob Ross could... Uh, it's Ron them. Howard painted by numbers. <laughs> Moving on. He's a little too calm for these... Uh, anyway... Uh, so Apollo 13, you have, uh, it, it's a true, I mean, I, were you guys, uh, you know, like space fanatics growing up? I mean, did you read all about I think every, fanatics? I think every, I think that, every kid. I didn't know if that was, I mean, I know it's a cliche, but I, not, not every kid is into, you know, outer space stuff. No, I think cool every, I think every boy oh, is into yeah. outer space and dinosaurs. I don't think yeah. you can ever okay. get All right. So yeah. Uh, Hell, I mean, I was watching the movie, tell my girlfriend, I'm like, I want to go be an astronaut. Look at these guys. Look how cool they are. <laughs> yeah. I used to tell, when I was a kid, I used to tell people I wanted to be a mountain climber, an astronaut, and an artist. Those are the three professions that I was going to have. Uh, and How so, did that work out for you? Oh, great! Uh, you know, I see you my, landed at your fallback, your fallback plan, <laughs> your double fallback plan. Oh, he became an artist, so that's, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah, it wasn't a mountain climber or an no, astronaut. No, I've never climbed a mountain. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I mean, this uh, this appealed to me in in, in many ways. Uh, I, Tom Hanks, you know, was was kind of on a roll in in the mid '90s uh, with Philadelphia and Forrest Gump and. Uh, this was kind of the begin. This was kind of a turning point in his career where he became more interested in historical fiction, in historical based films, some fiction, some nonfiction, and um, you know, I I had actually the week this a week or two before this came out, I actually gone through my first breakup. Uh, so <laughs> that's it's unfortunately on topic, no matter on topic, what Dave. I do, Come on. No, no matter what I do, when I see this movie, I associate it with that first breakup. And, <laughs> okay, and, that's ha- good. and how that maybe the theater got a, for me, it was a little you, extra um, dusty Dave, in the theater Dave, when I saw this movie. Do you want to do you want to say something? Do you want to talk to her right now? Tell her how you're doing. Uh, no, 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 I'm Casey Case. It was 20 years ago. We have Dave Glantz recently uh, broken up with his girlfriend. <laughs> this song goes out to goes out Dave, to Dave Brokenhearted yeah. Glantz. If, if any movie was going to make me feel old. This movie was gonna make me feel old, and uh, and I remember being very moved by the by the the ending, regardless of what I was going through. I mean, I was really caught up in the movie. Um, uh, I was a sucker for for well edited and directed, you know, uh, action. This is that's essentially what this is. It's it's, it's an action drama, right? It's a, it's an action film with a lot of drama, uh, and uh, based on a true story. So I mean, it, there, you know, it was there was for me there was nothing. Um, I didn't have any problems with it at all when I saw it. You know, looking at it now, you know, I've seen enough Ron Howard films since then that I know he's a little into the schmaltz a little bit. And he's, he's, you know, he's he's like uh, he has a lot of uh, Spielberg's faults with when it comes to like making things a little too on the nose, like the grandmother saying that uh, some of the lines from the grandmother saying about you know the astronauts coming home alive if my if they could make a, a washing, washing machine, machine fly my <laughs> my son can land it that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit, uh, it's yeah. a little bit, you know, no schmaltzy. one ever says that in real life, but, no um, never has schmaltzy moments, but overall, I, I think this is a really solid, uh, historical drama. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, uh, with some really good acting. I mean, Tom Hanks, I was looking at Tom Hanks in this movie and just, uh, 
like rubbing my eyes. How he looks so he young. He looks so young. He looks so young. He and looks like he's still in high school. He's so thin. But in my head, this is this is sort of how I, I I see Tom Hanks in general. This is like when I think of Tom Hanks, I think of him during this time when, when it was Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Apollo thirteen, and maybe up to Saving Private Ryan, where he was. This is, Tom Hanks. This is just how he looks in my head. You know, when I see him now, he looks like well, that, that's like Tom Hanks old. I like, like old I like I like current Tom Hanks. I feel like I've I've got to know him best. I like big era Tom Hanks. Yeah, like he's well, young he was Tom still Hanks. he still could pass for like a thirty. I mean, even though he was probably in his early forties during this movie, he still looked like uh, yeah, and I mean, he wasn't that. I mean, he was still skinny. He was still you know. He's not fat now. You make yeah. him sound like he's Marlon Brando. Well, no, he, he's it's like well, normal thin. now. But previously, he was like real thin. <laughs> Think about you know six seven years later when we watched Road to Perdition on one of our first episodes and how different he looked. Only six seven years later, I mean, he well, looked really different. I, I like Road to Perdition, modern day, like Walt and, Disney, and it wasn't Tom just Hanks. Walt Disney, <laughs> and it wasn't Pam, just the mustache. Get on the horse. Uh, anyway, so you, Tom, this is the kind of role I like Tom Hanks in. I mean, he's he's perfect in these types of roles. He wasn't so. I mean, I wasn't such a huge fan of him in a movie like Road to Perdition. That's more of a director's movie for me, and a supporting actor's movie for me. This this is really he fits like a glove into a movie like this, where he has to be like the the everyman who uh, you know leader, someone you could uh, really identify with, someone who's appealing. Um, Someone who's know, an astronaut. It's almost like a, almost like a Russell Crowe that you'd actually want to hang out with. Oh, less muscly. You know what I'm talking about? We we're, were talking about a gladiator. Less muscled less, Russell Crowe. <laughs> we're talking about gladiator. Muscle Crowe. Appealing <laughs> Russell Crowe. Like how the appeal of Russell Crowe is he's got a certain, um, you know, chemistry with the audience. And I think that Tom Hanks has that something. Uh, in a friendlier way. Yeah, yeah. In a much friendlier way, obviously. Um, and then you, I mean... You have a lot of good stuff. You have Ed Harris giving one of the best performances of his career, oh, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, you have Gary Sinise doing a pretty solid job. Um, well, Sinise kills it. Yeah. And uh, you have you know, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, Bill like, Paxton. you know, acting. I mean, it, yeah, acting. <laughs> you, know. you know, everybody's really great in this movie. And uh, Bill Paxton getting the clap, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, uh, the score's a little over the top. The direction's, there's not a lot of subtlety in the direction. Uh but and and the writing is but just in like in a space disaster movie. There's not a whole lot of room for subtlety, right? I know, but, but everything, but everything for Ron Howard movie, it's it's actually it feels pretty lean. And looking back at, at the awards that this was nominated for, he wasn't nominated for best director that year. I think Chris Noonan for Babe actually took the spot that he probably <laughs> should have been nominated. In fact, if I was going to give him uh, give a director uh, Oscar that year, I probably would have given it to him rather than for A Beautiful Mind which he won like five, six years later. Oh, I agree with that statement. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is Ron Howard's best movie. I, th- I, th- I mean, not to get too off track but giving Ron Howard an Oscar for A Beautiful Mind is almost like a courtesy award. Like, they're giving yeah. it for like his other work and yeah. they're just like, okay, this pretty one was much. okay. It, it pretty much achievement award. It was a makeup thing for, for this and, uh, you know, Braveheart won Best Picture and Director that year and that's a lot of people love Braveheart but, I'm, you know, not a huge fan of Braveheart. Yeah, because you're um, we're Jews. Well, even before even before that, but uh, anyway. So I think I said my piece. It's a, it's a really good movie. I mean, it's, people should see. I think people should see this movie, if you, especially if you're interested in the space program well, or I America. Mean, I mean, I almost I feel bad almost saying God that cricket. Um, I feel almost <laughs> bad um, saying it's a paint by numbers movie because going into it, like I was gearing up watching this movie, like I'm going to hate this movie. It's going to be schmaltzy, and I'm not going to like it. But guys, this movie's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really good. And, and there's a couple reasons why I can define why I think it's very good. Um, there are a couple of things that are. Um, I mean, I don't mind schmaltz in, if it's done really well, mm-hmm. and I think Ron Howard's very good at doing it well. Um, I just wish he would pull back like like five percent. 
I think that if he pulled back like 5% of off the schmaltz in this movie, it'd be like perfect. I'm looking on Wikipedia. Do you know what the definition of schmaltz is? It's chicken fat. It's rendered chicken fat. <laughs> I had no idea. Being the only non rendered or clarified goose fat or chicken fat. Yeah, I make spell. it every year at Rosh Hashanah. I make my own schmaltz. I didn't. I have I, yet to make any schmaltz. I had no idea. It smells that was, delicious that was, that when you make thing. schmaltz. Basically, you're just cooking chicken skin to make fat. That's it all right. Let's, I don't even want to hear that word okay, again. That's so. disgusting. Anyway. Um, Sentimental sap. But here, here's what this mo- here's why this movie's great. So when I was watching this movie, and the one thing I couldn't stop thinking about was a movie like Argo, um, which is another based rip from the headlines Oscar Beatty type movie that ended up winning Best Picture, directed by Ben Affleck, that came out a few years back. Mm-hmm. And while I enjoyed Argo, there is a sequence at the end of Argo where they're like spoilers for Argo, but at the very end. Um, like they're on the plane and then like they're having like this chase on the runway. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? And like right down to the minute. Yeah, and as like, I was it, watching it was that made up As I was watching yeah, that sequence yeah. at Argo in the theater, I mean I'm like, this didn't happen. This is mm-hmm. dumb. Right, this right. never happened. Like mm-hmm. why why do we feel the need to do this? That never happens in Apollo thirteen. There's not one moment in this movie. And I did I did some basic reading on like Wikipedia about like right, what yeah. was true and what's not. Even even if I didn't do that, even if I was just watching it as a as a, as a spectator, no moment feels like, oh, this never happened. Like it right. never feels yeah. too much. It never feels like the, the disaster never feels so over the top. The recovery never feels so over the top. But the filmmaking presents these situations in a way where it's a very, it's dramatic and it's intense. The, and, the problems are all minor problems, but with catastrophic consequences. And, like, and, and They're and, off course by like a little bit, but that's, that could mean life and death. Right? And, yeah. and, and it's the way it's presented from a, a storytelling standpoint, how he like, how he conveys to the audience like what um, you know what they need to do and how they need to do it, and it just um, it kind of all meshes in a way um, where it makes for a very entertaining movie. The thing is, and this is, I think Ron Howard is a talented filmmaker. This is just a really damn good story. Like as yeah. far as like real yeah. life stories go, this is amazing, and it's like made to be turned into a movie. It, it, it it's inspirational. It's got a happy ending, but it's still dramatic and intense. Mm-hmm. Your characters are likable. So I mean, like, just if you if you read this as a newspaper clip, and you're like, oh, that'd make a good movie. And, and, and the other thing, like watching a movie like this that's purely fiction, it doesn't have the same effect on me because I know it didn't happen. Knowing that this happened, that people went through this, and then like even the people on the ground having to sit like those three minutes where they're waiting to hear back from the capsule when it lands, like the agony when it goes into four minutes, how they're just like, nope, we they all died. Like just so many points, so many different things that these people had to go through that actually happened is for me is staggering. And I just like how he, I like how information is conveyed in this movie, and it's something I noticed this time around. Like he does, a, he does a good job of taking something very technical, such as rocket science, and boiling <laughs> it down to this gauge can't go blo- can't go above twenty. This right, gauge right. needs to be under nine. Like, and he can so it, it puts a very defined set of stakes for all their problems without being like, what's happening? Why is like you don't have to know the machinations of how breathable. Uh, Air works inside of a command module, but you know that that meter can't go below a certain amount. And you can see the effect when when the uh, CO2 starts filling up the cabin. You can see how they're all like, they look strained. It looks like they're breathing in something noxious. Like you can see that something is happening. So I I feel like it's a pretty, I I got, I agree with you, Dave. I wish he would have won best director for this movie because I feel like it's probably one of Ron Howard's best. Another Ron Howard movie I'm very fond of is Cinderella Man, which is a movie that also Mm. 
kind of st- it, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, mm-hmm. but it does that. It does a very similar formula Russell where it, it, it strains into areas of schmaltz, but it, it, it's got just enough there where you you kind of forgive it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I feel like he does a lot of he does a little bit of restraint, I think, because I think it would be super easy to at the end when they find it, you know, the pilots make it home, like. You cue the slow mo, and everyone is in there, like patting everyone else on the back. And but it just see even Ed Harris is the moment where Ed Harris sits down and just has like a miniature breakdown of, of just the relief of the situation is is beautiful. Just seeing everybody erupt in applause, you know, they got them home. I, I feel like there were a lot of moments where they could have done the the overly cheesy. I mean, yeah, you want to say it's schmaltzy. Fine, well, but. I can list like the three moments that just I really wish they didn't exist in this movie. All right. Hit us. One, as Dave mentioned, is the grandmother. I hate her. Mm-hmm. I hate her so much. Played because by Ron she, Howard's mother. <laughs> is it because she's an old person? It's not necessarily her performance. Mm-hmm. It's just that her role is meant for other old people in the audience to stand up and cheer. Like, it's yeah. meant to, like... Yeah, you don't need it. Sure. Yeah. None of those moments are needed, and it doesn't work for me. Uh, yep. Two, the dream sequence of him on the moon, I could get, I could get rid of entirely. I understand why it's oh, there. Yeah, I, I get it. It just it it's it's too much for me. Like mm-hmm. I, it was enough for me to watch him see the moon pass mm-hmm. him, and even just him moving his thumb in front of the Earth. That's a fine callback to the beginning yeah, of the film. Yeah. Just that whole like you know it's a dream sequence. It feels too it's much. Hammering the point home in the way that say like the opening and end of Saving Private Ryan did exactly. And I, then and then I, f- I feel like that was put in because they wanted it so badly to be able to shoot stuff on the moon. They wanted to deal, and then they, and they didn't get an opportunity. To like, well, what if we just Throw in there, it's dreams. We can kind of see what the moon looks like. Um, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't know if you. Tom Hanks, maybe he just really wanted to walk on the. I just wanted. Like, I need to be on the moon set. To okay. The moon. I well, I think they, they probably filmed that sequence on, on the, the set, set where they faked the original. Right. Movie. Oh, right. Of <laughs> I was on the same. <laughs> right. That one. Um, no, but the, the, third, the third one. Yeah. The third point is f that end voiceover man. Like, they could have just put up text title cards, and I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. It, it's got this, like, it's like, we were, we were, like, it's just. It's irrelevant. It's, it's, it's it like, it kind of cheapens the story. It's, 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 it's like a docudrama kind of Yeah, kind it, of it, ends the, it ends the movie, like, something you would watch in, like, the World War II channel on TV. Right. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. like, we don't need any of this. Just show me text title cards with what the people actually looked like. Like, Jack Swigert went on to U.S. Congress. You know, like, all you had to do. Mm-hmm. And I would have been totally fine. You've already had the cathartic moment, which is well-earned by everyone in the movie. So, um, yeah, those are my big three gripes when yeah, watching it this I, time I'd around. I support all three of those. Yeah. But a couple things I want to talk about, and Dave kind of poo-pooed this movie in this regard. Because, <laughs> but I think they're, I think the filmmaking is actually really good. Like, it's very Spielbergian, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's... It's very evident that Ron Howard is almost like a, I don't want to say he's a pupil, but he's a disciple or from the same school of filmmaking because just the way he stages scenes and the way he even has a, do, he even has the freaking Jaws dolly zoom. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, uh, is that on, on the Harris? Harris? Yeah. 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 So, Harris, yeah. So, when something's going wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like he's cribbing from him. He, he, and, you know, what, what a better person to crib from. I mean, Spielberg is, you know, one of the masters of movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, did that, did, does that connection ring out for any of you all yeah, watching yeah. it? He does, yeah. a lot, he does a lot of the same kind of uh, signature, uh, I don't want to say they're Spielberg uh, uh, looks, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of dolly-ins on, on things that are supposed to be important. There's a lot of, um, you know, the way the special effects are handled are, um, you know, there's a lot of like kind of dipping down and following up and, and uh, a lot of moves that you would expect to see someone like Spielberg make uh, where they, they try to figure out the most spectacular way to show something as opposed to like, just letting whatever's on screen just speak for itself, right? They want to you know move the camera a certain way. Peter Jackson's guilty of doing this, like 
you know, way too, like going way over the top with those kind of uh, camera moves. So you see those, that kind of uh, direction, uh, at least with the camera work. Um, and as far as uh, just the, the staging of things and the editing, I mean, I think that, I think he does, they do a really good job of like making you feel that connection between the, uh, the capsule. Uh, these guys are stuck in, in outer space and, and uh, ground control in, in Houston. Um, you know, you, you never for a second, uh, it, they always, it, it, it always feels believable that they're actually speaking back and forth. You never question um, whether Houston and uh, the capsule are in touch with each other. You know, it feels like all these people working together. And it's, uh, I think that comes down to the, just the way it's directed and the way it's edited. I mean, it really feels uh, seamless. You know, it's very, very believable. And a lot of that has to do with um, the way it was filmed. Like you were saying, a lot of it was filmed in the, uh, I forget what the name of the actual plane is, but the, uh, the, uh, they call it the vomit comet where it, would go, it goes up and you get like 25 seconds of zero G. And I was looking at those shots this time thinking, uh, okay, so let's count how many seconds is this shot? It's like, all oh, right, you know, 10, 15 seconds until, uh, you know, certain shots seem like it's, there's no way they could have gotten it without actually being zero G, like spinning the tape recorder around and, and uh, right, yeah, you know, yeah. certain other shots. And other some shots, like think, they could be cheated. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at some of them. Yeah, I, I, I doubt they filmed everything in, yeah. in zero G. Oh, I, I agree. I think there were certain sequences, I think especially when they're like drinking in the, uh, like when you see them like drinking the globs of right, like right, that, yeah. When he's puking, right, when he's right. puking like that kind of stuff. Right. If you're gonna be in zero g, you might as well do a puke know, scene. Put yeah. some but put the, some liquid up. There. I mean, yeah. But I mean, as a technical achievement, this movie is also impressive. Considering, I mean, a movie like Gravity came out, or even Interstellar, and I think those movies look great. I don't want to discount what those movies are doing. Those movies look phenomenal. But I think that Apollo 13 still holds up. None of the effects look bad, Mm-mm. really, in the movie. I, there's never a moment that looks fake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, maybe space is just easier to accomplish in this regard. Because 2001, I felt similar about in terms of how good those effects looked. Right. In there's, there's no digital, hu- digital humans or animals in this movie. I mean, it's all, you know, <laughs> CGI works really well when it comes to... Uh, you know, wide shots of landscapes, and when it comes to like uh, mechanical, metallic things, I mean, it seems to hold up pretty well over time. Which is why someone like Terminator Two probably holds up pretty well. Yeah, how much stuff? Do we know how much stuff was CG? I'm sure some of the the, the takeoff stuff. Probably, I don't know. Right? I mean, it, or was that models? You think? I, I was trying to figure that out myself. I didn't, I didn't watch any uh, behind the scenes featurettes on on this one. So oh, but don't you know sure. that? Just you're the guy that just knows <laughs> these things. No. I don't. No, but I, I remember that takeoff sequence of the rocket launching and being you know famous uh, famous sequence because they they took a lot of the uh, the shots that you see in um, actual NASA footage where where the cameras locked off and. and I always wonder, like, how do they actually recover? Yeah. Like, what kind of cameras did they use to actually, you know, to, to not get incinerated to actually get the footage? Right. Um, but, you know, you have that same feeling, except that it's taken to another extreme where the camera is going down as everything's breaking and, the, and, the, and you know, it dips, you know, Ice is flying off the yeah. rocket. Yeah. It's, yeah uh, so many just awesome shots. Yeah. A lot of nice detail in, in, um, in that takeoff scene. And there's just so many fascinating extremes about the nature of space. I mean, yes. this idea yeah. of this, like... Stuff that, when you think about it, just makes my head want to, like, explode almost. Because, like, this idea that when they get rid of the lem at the end before heading back to Earth, mm-hmm. like, that lem is still floating out somewhere in space. Like, yeah. it's still just there out in space somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? <laughs> like, that, yeah. it, it just keeps on going forever. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. this idea that it's so freezing cold, but when they start hitting the um, the Earth's atmosphere, all that condensation just starts, it's like, pelting their face yeah. with water. Like, yeah. how crazy must the extremes of temperature be? What are you saying? Like, in between shadow and the sunlight, there's a 400-degree difference. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insanity. This movie is really good at making you um, feel the, 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 the survival, the... Uh, the uh, 
the, uh, the inherent like uh, need to survive, right? I mean, it really makes you feel like, well, if I was in the spaceship, I mean, I understand exactly how they really kind of are able to put you into their situation the way you see them kind of um, not trying to talk so they don't use up too much air. That scene where they have to like uh, uh, build a filter so that, uh, you know, yes. um, so there's less CO2 in the, in the cabin. I mean, they're they a steely really, eyed missile man. Yeah, it's really good at conveying that sense of, you know, we're going to survive at any cost, you know. And uh, I hope a movie like The Martian can do the, the same thing. I well, mean, it, I mean, as Mike said about The Martian, the book, it it's not so much a ripoff of Apollo 13 as it is essentially a survival movie set on Mars. So basically the concept of the movie is how can our hero get out of this situation? That's right, repeatedly. Repeatedly. Different like, situations, and, yeah. And every time, like, it's hopeless, there's no way he can get out of this situation. Yeah. So I, it's, it's the thrill of uh, figuring it out. And I think Apollo 13 captures that very much so when you have these nerdy guys with a bucket of spare props, like, we need to somehow convert this box to fit <laughs> out over this... <laughs> circle and i and i just like love little details like you know the your flight your flight manual can you rip off the cover like they, they're using like right. whatever they have to make something work and i think that that and to do it under a time limit mm-hmm. with yep. no sleep like all that having to explain to all of it through just voice alone you can't show them what you mean you have to describe what you try what you need them to do like yeah and the the thing um and I think all those supporting members, all the people at Mission Control, are very well cast. Uh, they look right. Mm. No one's yep. too handsome. I think it's uh, Clint Howard's best, uh, Ron Howard's best use of his brother in, in a movie. <laughs> Who is he? Clint Howard. He's, he's the uh, tall guy. No, he's, he's got, a nerdy guy with the glasses. Well, they're all kind of nerdy guys with glasses, but he's got very thick horn rimmed glasses and he's bald on top. And, uh, he's, oh, he's I just, talking about gray beard. Yeah. No. 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 He's, nope. Yeah. No, he's, Clint he's, Howard he's, is one of the most iconic looking people in the world. Like, it's hard. There are uh, a lot of pretty iconic looking. He had, he had he had a he had a run on Seinfeld as a serial killer. <laughs> he did. That's what he looks like. Oh, was he the guy who like hates Jerry and he's? Uh, no, that's no, crazy, no, Joe that, Devola. No, no, that's a different guy. That's who I'm thinking. Anyway, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clint Howard. <laughs> he's in, pause. Everybody, go look up Clint Howard right now. He's uh, like an actor doing... that appears in just about every single Ron Howard movie, and he's very well used. And here. he's his brother. He also plays a Ferengi, yeah, from Star Trek. Uh, Jimmy, Olsen, Jimmy Olsen from the original Superman movie was one of the uh, the guys in this. One of the one of the that, okay, uh, yeah, that more guy. senior guys in Mission Control. Um, and did you guys know Ed Harris when you saw this movie? I mean, was he a familiar face? Is this before or after the Truman Show? This is before the Truman Show. Uh, um, probably not. I feel like this. Holy is a... crap! I never made that connection. This is a star-making yes. turn for Ed Harris. Oh, man, and did, it was. Yeah, this he, was his first. Yeah. I knew him from nominated? The Abyss. And, 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 oh, The Abyss, and, yeah. yeah. And that's about it. We need to watch that movie for this yeah. podcast. That movie's so good. That's what we're doing next Maybe. week. In two weeks, we're going to do The Abyss. That's right. But that movie's like three hours long if you want to sit down for a three-hour <laughs> yeah. long movie. <laughs> Talk about a long movie. And it's old. It's uh, 25 years old. That's old. 26. Anyway. Um, not black and white. Uh-huh. Although we could watch it in black and white just to see if it still holds up. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm looking up Ed Harris's career up to this point. I mean, he had a role in Glengarry. Right, Ross, I beautiful mind, too. right? No, that's afterwards, that though. Oh, he, oh we're he, talking about he, beforehand. He was. He's. I mean, obviously, this wasn't his um, start in films. He was. He's been working. He'd been working consistently since like the 70s. But uh, this was a big, big movie for him because it's a role that you feel like shouldn't be much, but it's it's great. He's in. He's basically in one room the entire movie. Right. But even his little vest is cool that he wears. Right, his, yeah, everyone I mean, applauds him for it. <laughs> he, he knows it's cool too. He's like, ah, come on, don't. But he knows he's cool. 
Yeah, he's he's got a certain noble intensity in this movie that I think really really works. The same the same thing could be said of like Gary Sinise. He's got kind of maybe even a little bit more yes. of a laid back kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, both of them I thought were very strong characters, and they, they they were able to capture the idea of like taking control of something without being the guy who's quote unquote taking control. Like, All right, everyone, listen to me. We're gonna do this. They have a very quiet command, I think, of whatever they're doing. Right. Um, and yeah. I, I completely forgot that Gary. I, I thought Gary Sinise when he was done in the beginning. He was done. I'm like, right. oh, that kind of sucks. And we'll see yeah. him here and there. I like that he was able to come back and actually have a role. And think about how cool that is in real life to be able to, you know, you weren't able to go on that mission, but he was still very much a part of the mission. And he was right. able to kind of make sure that he, he brought him home. Like, that, that's that's cool. And really, if you're in one of those little uh, simulation things, it doesn't seem that much different than being in an actual spaceship. I mean, if you can really fool yourself, I mean, look, you know. It, you I'm know, sure he did. You know. I'm sure he had a couple bottles of <laughs> scotch and sat in those <laughs> things. He's like, I'm on the moon! <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's. <laughs> we just had our first hiccup on air. Is that? So, oh, was that intentional? Victory. Or not? No, it was not intentional. <laughs> All right, so uh, closing out this pocket. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think that. Um, well, it's interesting. This movie has no villain, or it has only the idea. Space of, is yeah, the villain. Right, Space. It's man versus the nature. moon is the Death. villain. But it would have been very easy, and it's kind of hinted at of making like there's there's some evil person in the control room that like is is sabotaging things well, not sabotaging things but there's like the guy who's like we don't need to save them it's going to cost too much money like it's too but it's a movie yeah right, this is a movie right. about the human condition about how everyone everyone comes together mm. to overcome insurmountable odds and again this goes back to the fact that this is a really damn good story like it's just a great human interest story that, that showcases the best of humanity both our desire to explore and go beyond what our earthly um our earthly lives are, but also when trials get tough, working together to um, accomplish a great task. So what did you think about his relation, Tom Hanks's relationship with his wife? Does that relationship great. Yep. work for you in this movie? Oh, yep. Believable, yeah. yeah. I thought Kathleen, I, Kathleen Quinlan was very good. She's yeah. able to, to ride the line between being proud and excited when hearing that he's going to the moon and also just like enraged <laughs> and upset that he has to go and that he's going to like, I think she does a, a, an excellent job of someone who's afraid and almost angry at him and also someone who's proud of him and loves him. And I think, I think she was one of the strongest. I think if you don't have her like uh, that upset about it, it kind of raises the stakes. Having her there raises the stakes, I think. And I mean, it's even amazing. Again, such a great story. This was in reality, she did lose her wedding ring the day yeah. before the launch. Like that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she, right. Like, that, yeah. that was a thing yeah. that existed. Like it, it, that's the thing you'd watch and be like, oh, Ron Howard, why did you have to do something so symbolically cheesy? Right. right? But it freaking happened. Like it, yeah. this is such a. Did she have that dream too? Like mm-hmm. she well, did. She did. Yeah. They had gone to see a movie. Uh, uh, about a guy getting lost in space. I forget the name of it. Oh my uh, God. Why I, I think it was called Maroon. That was a date they went on. And what a terrible... You're <laughs> about to go into space. Let's go see this movie about a guy getting lost in space. Uh, well, even and even his story. I mean, Tom Hanks talking about his, his story when he was in... Was it World War II? Uh, he's in the plane. Like, great. All, I'm sure that was all real too. Like, that's I, an example of schmaltz that I love. Mm-hmm. Like a really like, yeah. like, like that's on the nose, but damn, does that work? It's mm-hmm. so much better right, than cutting to grandma with her one liner. Like <laughs> it's so much better than that. Yeah, sentimental uh, damn it, stuff grandma. works, I guess. When um, uh, when you can really identify with what they're talking about, right? If, or if, if it, it like, really happened, like knowing yeah. somebody, like not even because in a that. movie, everyone's always going to be eloquent. They're always going to say the right things, but. When that happens in real life, that, that for me, I think like if you're taking a transcript and that kind of that makes it so much more like, damn, that was that was legitimate. Like he just said something that was pretty awesome off the cuff. Like it just has to, it just has to be conveyed. This kind of stuff just has to be conveyed in a way that that makes sense to you, right? I mean, we we all understand the, the need to survive and the the um, the desire to you know to explore a, you know 
thing I mean, go on adventures and you know go into outer space and, and i mean it's it's inherent i think to human nature is to kind of go beyond our uh you know go beyond our where we're you know familiar and comfortable with um and so oh, man that cricket man dave come on and focus focus <laughs> sorry distracting um so yeah now i forget what i was gonna say because <laughs> oh my god so the, the one thing it's how would you guys think so there's the moment where they're looking out the window at the moon and they're saying like oh my gosh check it out you can see this you can see that and tom actually is just like eh, i've already seen it right I, I don't know and like i get it that he's so i i, I guess i'm going to justify it the way that you know he really wanted to be on the moon he's already seen it from a spaceship so from that point i guess he's bitter he's like yeah i've already seen it. already been here. i've already done this i don't get to do what i wanted to do but I mean, man, I don't know. I, I believe it still. Someone like him knows this is the last shot he'll ever get to see, probably. Mm-hmm. Be this close to the moon. I felt like, I don't know, he'd probably be staring out the window with the rest of them. Yeah. And I don't know if that was, again, one of the things that really happened in real life or if that, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it, it works for the movie. Can the phone calls down, Mike? <laughs> Sorry. I, I remember exactly what I wanted to talk about. And it's something, maybe the most interesting thing about this movie to me is is uh, how it talks about what grabs our attention uh, in the world. You know, like what what we kind of tune into oh, on the news, yeah. you know. So yeah. it's, you know, it takes, um, when you say, and I guess this speaks to the fact that this is a damn good story. I mean, the reason it's a damn good story, why do we think it's a damn good story? It's because it's about people in peril, right? It's a real life story about people in peril and and them surviving. So, uh, you know, it they they make some allusions to this in the movie about how people have, they've lost interest in the space race once they got to the moon land on the moon people thought well maybe that's enough so you know was the uh, right. space uh, exploration wasn't getting the ratings that it used to get on wasn't on even television. being broadcast which is, is it, uh, that blows my mind I figure you're airing it at least and maybe people aren't watching it as much but to not air it at all I mean that's right so it, yeah. you know the, the world tunes in when when there's a potential catastrophe right I mean think about like mining disasters and um, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what's going on in the news this week. I mean, I keep reading about the uh, Kentucky clerk who's denying, you know, a couple the uh, same-sex, you know, wedding, uh, uh, what's it called? Marriages? Uh, licenses, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, p- people tune in when, when people, when, when things are really going wrong, right? When, well, we like that, controversy, we like confrontation, we like, uh, we like things that are easily identifiable between right and wrong. Right. Um, so, I mean... God, that damn cricket. <laughs> Guys, come on. But I, I actually broke a chair looking for that cricket the other day. You see that chair in the corner? No? That's because it's missing because it broke. <laughs> well, I was going I'm dead. sure all of our listeners are interested in our <laughs> Stood on that chair misadventures, that hearing the cricket they probably can't even hear. Luckily, I wasn't in space. Well, speaking of chairs, no, I... <laughs> well, no Guys, I saw the best chair the other day. Oh, my these God. It had four legs, and you sat on it. It was no, amazing. No, I, uh, I went to Ikea for... Uh, we stopped at Ikea on the way back oh from God. a trip. No, listen to this. We stopped by just to go out to, just to get food. Like, we were like, yeah, we'll go to Ikea. We'll get, we'll, we'll get the meatballs. Meatballs, really? Yeah. Okay. Like, there were other restaurant options, and we ate at Ikea. Yeah. It was also a big place for our son to run around. We thought that was he needed to burn off some steam. So, yeah. So IKEA. That was that was great. Uh, audience, I apologize. I don't know what's going on. I'm just keeping it. I, you know what? Keeping it real. Gotta, keeping it real. Right? On track, like I like to. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I, I again, I'm kind of pissed off that I like this movie as much as I did. I thought I was past. I, I thought I was past the schmaltzy stage of my film liking career. Like there was a time when I was watching movies. I think that when I was first getting into college, where I was really into like edgy Cam- movies. I was really no, not edgy at all. Like I would be the opposite. I loved Cameron Crowe movies. I loved oh, movies oh, that oh, were right. sappy and mm-hmm. hard, like really heartfelt and. 
And man, I, I thought I was past that point, but Apollo 13 proves that I still have a soul. You haven't lived, you so, hadn't lived long enough to yeah. be cynical at that point. Yeah. Maybe. And now I am cynical, but Apollo yeah. 13 mm-hmm. is just good enough that it makes me uncynical. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 10 year old me was bored, not 30 year old me. I think. Yeah, me tw- too. I think I don't think I appreciated anything. So I, I actually really got to re- I rewatched this because I'm much fonder on the movie now. It, this very rarely happens, I feel like, on this podcast. Uh, so that that's good good for me. Good for me personally. So thank you, Mike. Um, any mm-hmm. final thoughts, Michael, as we kind of close out this episode? Anything you wanted to say about why Apollo 13, in your opinion, should be seen and viewed by everyone I, I at just, all the times? I, I think it puts into perspective the space program and I think I've definitely taken it for granted and I think especially thinking that they did this in it was the 60s right it was 69 68 that would be the 70s 69 was the landing of the moon Mm -hmm. so this is two Apollo missions okay okay Mm -hmm. either way so in the 70s right having the technology to do this and even just seeing the rudimentary I mean they they literally were firing people on the top of a missile a gigantic missile yeah um and and that would that would explode into Mm -hmm. pieces Mm -hmm. as part of his procedure like Mm -hmm. And even just the, the antiquated technology they use. And I'm like, how do they have the technology to do any of this? How do we have... Like- I was going to say, it seemed pretty impressive to me that they could still communicate via to, like via yes. radio the entire right. time. Yeah. Mi- it was, a, it was impressive that they of- knew like what was going on with Tom Hanks's, like, you know... Vital signs right, from space. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, yeah, it's impressive that you could, you could, you could. How pass... do radio signals like work that way? Well? I like, don't know. Like, is like I don't know. That's crazy to me. And even more impressive, you can actually you can you can pass along the clap to somebody by peeing in so the d- same. Wait, wait, <laughs> did he actually have the clap? I know. I think that was just a. Uh, I think he was joking. Yeah, it was a. What, it was a joke it, to be for Kevin Bacon's. Uh, Character judge because he was a bachelor. Yeah, a bachelor. The other two guys are married with kids. What? What was his illness? Was it just like sleep deprivation or was he... I think he was sick. So they mentioned that he had a fever of 104. I think he just got sick. Yeah. You're talking about Bill Paxton's... uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah, Fred Hayes gets sick in space. Yeah, I think it's just... um, Well, think... I mean, he didn't sleep for six days. Like, think about that. Well, they did on top of it. He didn't sleep for six days. They, they, I think they probably did sleep a little. They had to. Have they slept. had. To have there was no they, they way. Probably, no, they, there's no. You, you, you would your be body insane. puts yeah. yourself to sleep for at least micro naps. I mean, you're, yeah, you're I'm, I'm sure they drifted <laughs> off, but there was never a portion where like oh, I'm going to get a good night's sleep right now. Oh, I guess I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely not. And even just the little details, like Jack Swigert has the note that says "No, no." <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and I love how he has button. to explain it too. He's like, he's well, like I, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to, to uh, let the limb loose when you were still inside. He's like, "That's yeah. good thinking." I was yeah. getting punched. Yeah, he even commends me. He's like, "Good thinking, man. That was thank you." <laughs> but, think um, of, but think about like, how punchy you would be when they're having to do math when you can barely like function. Or, and you haven't slept at, at all. Like, yeah. In, in the, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the it's movie's a, very good at conveying having to do all all the, all the minutia of things you have to do to survive when put in a situation. I think it's you know very yeah. good. But um, yeah, so just to wrap up what I was saying, I, I just think it's it's crazy to kind of watch, like, look and see what these men had to do in the in the, in the like I said seventies again. When I I just like they didn't have cell phones then. How did they do yeah. any of this stuff? No, like, no it seems. Um, yeah, they, they never really get into the. Um, have you guys ever seen uh, the right stuff? The, um, I have not. The uh, it's a movie that came out about ten years before this one. That's more about the the space program and pilots in general, and it goes more into depth and into it goes more in depth into why the space program uh, uh, became as successful as it did as quickly as it did. It's because of the uh, the competition between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. So that's right. I mean that's you know the technology that they had. Uh, 
was so great because it had to be great because they were competing with you know their their rival it was almost like a, a life and death kind it's of almost thing. like a race a race for a space, space. Race. a space race it was a space race my god okay yeah. so anyway. we're done it might be a good movie to revisit too uh, also with Ed Harris man he playing, loves uh, the space movies playing um, John Glenn Boom. And, and the right stuff yeah so um, yeah, I'm glad I had a chance to revisit this movie for this podcast. I think it's I think it um, I think it's underrated a little bit. If you go on IMDb, it only has like a seven point like something. Like I think it's kind of here's the issue: we have so many bad biopics that are are made you know based on a true story movies that are released nowadays because yeah. it's such a common thing to make movies on I feel like we don't give credit to the really good ones that it's always better today. when it's focused on on a slice of that person or those characters lives as opposed to like you know so yeah this is Span. um this is one of those example of that genre of film done very well so yeah that, uh, I'm I'm all in guys yeah. Two thumbs up. So, Mike... Eagerly uh, away to Apollo 14. Come on, somebody had to say it. Oh, come on. How great is this story? It was Apollo 13 that had right. the disaster. Like, on the 13th day of... Like, yeah. The story is so good. Like, it, yeah. Uh, granted, Ron Howard did a great job, but he couldn't F this one up. It's such a good story. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, closing out this podcast, where can people find you on the internet? Before we get there, I'm sure everyone is uh, really interested to hear where they can find me, but uh, we're going to discuss what we're doing uh, in two weeks. No. Oh yeah, that's this is David's really? choice. We usually yeah. do the uh, the, uh, the thing. Do it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. What are we doing in two weeks? I don't well, know. Dave. What are you one doing of our this? listeners is uh, requesting uh, has requested that we do a movie called Witness for the Prosecution, um, directed by Billy Wilder. It's a late 1950s uh, courtroom drama, and um, well, let's just say Matthew, this is for you. Cheers. Cheers. Awesome. Good luck in San Francisco. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Michael, where can yeah. people find you on the internet? You find me at MikeMirandi.com, on Twitter, at MikeMirandi, or on Dribble, Dribble.com slash guest. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike Mirandi. There you go. <laughs> Dave? Uh, Dave Glanz on Twitter, G-L-A-N-Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. And you can find me at Ivan Kander, that's K-A-N-D-E-R, on Twitter. My website is Lucky9Studios.com. Dot com. And you can... <laughs> I am an editor for the website shortoftheweek.com. Shortoftheweek.com. Thank you very much. Up in the morning, uh, It doesn't make any sense. It, it, the Irish accent. They, they're probably like, what are you doing to our brand? We have no, what are you doing? I mean, it just sounds like it should be O with an apostrophe, not short of the week. No, well, just the thing is, Ivan said it one time with a weird inflection. It sounded like he was lilting. Never going to live that one down. No, um, if you, uh, if you, <laughs> if you want to find this podcast on the web, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, search reviewed podcast. Reviewed uh, podcast. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash reviewed podcast. And you can email us at contact at reviewed podcast. And our website is reviewedpodcast.com. You can find the archive of all our old episodes. So uh, thanks so much for watching and listening. And next time, what's that name of that movie that we've heard of? Prosecution. Prosecution. We are going to be watching that next time. So uh, we hopefully will be, you guys None of us have seen it, right? No, I've never seen it. So it's going to be just the viewed, not reviewed. It's going to be just the viewed podcast. (laughs) Viewed podcast. Sounds great. So we will see you all next time. Good evening. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Yep. Hello. Okay, good. Uh, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave wins.